Good morning, everyone. My name is Jeremy Kitchen. I'm the Executive Director at Texans for Fiscal Responsibility. I'm joined this morning again by our fearless leader, Tim Harden, President and CEO. Good morning, Tim. Good morning. Good to be here. And we are joined once again by special guest Vance again, a PhD economist, president of Gin Economic Consulting. Good morning, Vance. Hey, good morning. It's good to be with you. Appreciate y'all joining us this morning. So let's get right into it. So today marks day 112 of the 140-day legislative session. As we've talked about on the previous two episodes, we're coming up on some key deadlines. And so I wanted, of course, uh, for anyone that might be kind of new to listening to this sort of thing, or this might be the first time it's on their radar, roll through those real quick. Next Monday is the last day. That's day 119, I believe. It's the last day for House committees to report, meaning pass out House bills or House joint resolutions. Perhaps more importantly, day 122, which I believe is Wednesday or Thursday of next week, is the last day for the House to consider uh, second reading of House bills and House joint resolutions. Of course, these could have implications on any priorities moving through the legislative process. Uh, but as we've seen, and we'll focus most of our efforts this morning on, um, obviously, probably to no surprise, right? Um, House Speaker Dade Phelan's priorities are doing just fine through the process. Uh, the question, of course, will be once we get past those deadlines, how quickly they act on Lieutenant Governor Dan Patrick's priorities. I believe up to this week, Dan Patrick, uh, who enumerated 30 of his legislative priorities, plus or, plus or minus a few uh, beyond that, has passed all of those out of the Texas Senate. So um, I wanted to start briefly by giving everyone an update on where the budget is. Um, and so that is currently still in conference committee. We're awaiting the conference committee report, but wanted to pitch it to either of you two gentlemen to maybe not necessarily give an update, but you know, what are your thoughts on where we're at in the process thus far? Yeah, I can start off. Um... You know, this yeah, you're right. I mean, this is there. It's, a, it's at the conference committee right now. Uh, this is where they're having the discussions all behind the scenes of what's going to be in the final budget. And then it'll go over and be voted on in both chambers. And there's not much change after that. So this is an important time for us to really have some discussions with legislators, you know, getting your your calls out there to them and saying, hey, look, this is what we want. And ultimately, you know, as we've talked about before, is that both chambers' budgets were too big. They're spending too much and providing too little in property tax relief, which I think we'll talk about some today. Um, but, but, in, but in general, I mean, the, the Senate's spending $5 billion more than the House, and both of them are well above the Texas frozen budget that we proposed uh, and put out there. And really, in fact, it's above population growth plus inflation as well, even if you wanted to use that metric. So it's just way too much spending at the end of the day that I hope that they could bring down. It, it's, usually, it's not very often that they bring it down during conference, but, I mean, look, if there are folks like us who are pushing it and saying, look, we need less money going to appropriations, we need more money to property tax relief, that's the only way this is going to get done at the end of the day for, for Texans. Do you have any thoughts there, Tim? Yeah, I, uh, I hate I hate to be, uh, you know, kind of, I told you so, uh, police, but, um, you know, at the beginning of session, we saw this big stack of money, $33 billion, uh, and, you know, I speculated that, hey, you know, they're probably going to smooth this around all over the place and spend money like crazy, and quite honestly, that's exactly what we're seeing. We're seeing, I think, $52 billion in new spending uh, this cycle, where we're only somewhere between $10 billion and $12 billion in property tax relief. 
Um, and it's just not enough. It's not enough for taxpayers. There's still, I think, about 16 or $17 billion in that surplus uh, just sitting out there in the ether that they're not going to do anything with, that they're just going to let sit there uh, and probably waste the next cycle as well. And so, you know, the budget has not passed yet. So Vance is right. We need to be contacting lawmakers. We need to be more crucial at the the, uh, the Congress committee poll when it comes out. And we need to demand tax, tax relief. You know, we, we had an historic opportunity with $33 billion, and we are getting less than a third of that right now, maybe right at a third, depending on where that budget comes out. Uh, but quite honestly, I think people are going to be very disappointed when they see the property tax bills next go around. Uh, this is hardly going to be a drop in the water. We're talking best case scenario, probably a few hundred bucks for most average Texans. So we need more. Hey, and if I could just add to that, great points, Tim. Um, you know, one thing that I look at is a lot about what's happening in other states. And other states are picking up the pace. I mean, they're flattening their income taxes if they have one. Fortunately, we're blessed to not have one here. But they're starting to be more competitive. You know, multiple states are actually phasing out or eliminating their income tax. So we can't just sit back on our laurels and think, you know what, we don't have an income tax. We're going to be okay. The property tax burden is one that is keeping us from being as prosperous as it is. And, in fact, it's a reason why so many businesses, quote, unquote, don't want to move here, that they're having to give out these you know, sweetheart deals that we just don't need. So how do you get over that? Well, you shrink government <laughs> and you start eliminating property taxes. And, man, we would be a juggernaut. It's a it's an important segue, right? I mean, I, you know, at the risk of kind of getting into a debate on on what's truth and not, it, it was an interesting development that happened over the weekend. You had former President Donald Trump. Uh, I'm not as familiar with Truth Social, so he posted to Truth Social. It was, you know, tons of retruths, uh, the equivalent of retweets and what have you, but posted to Truth, Truth Social and said verbatim, I'll read it off, I fully support Dan Patrick's and the Senate's 100K, $100,000 senior homestead exemption, and 70K, $70,000 for those under 65. In quotes, California Dades, and quote, plan is a disaster for Texas. House members vote for the homestead exemption, $27 billion bigger tax cut than the House plan. I, there's, there's a lot to unpack there, but obviously on a 30,000-foot level, that's the former president weighing into what kind of seems to be um, a clash, if you will, between, of course, the House via House leadership, uh, Speaker Dade Phelan, um, and Lieutenant Governor Dan Patrick on the Senate side and their varying um, property tax relief plans, which, as Tim pointed out earlier, is just nowhere, e either one is nowhere near, um, I think, what taxpayers not only deserve, but certainly want to come out of the near $33 billion budget surplus. Um, which one of y'all want to speak to that? Just I, I don't know where he gets the $27 billion number. Yeah, let me, I'll jump in first. So, yeah, 20 billion, we've seen a lot of fuzzy math uh, from both chambers, but that is the fuzziest of all the maps I've seen. Um, in the budget allocated towards property tax relief, the, the House and Senate have slightly different numbers. The last we saw come out of the Senate was $9.8 billion in new relief. I, I think that House is closer to $12 billion. The reality is in the whole, you know, uh, the whole politics of this thing, the Senate pretending we're in the House and vice versa, the reality is when we, when we break it down, we prefer compression because that is lasting relief. And the reality of the situation is the House has more than twice as much compression as the Senate. Now, we're not a fan of the appraisal cap reform, and I think Dan Patrick's right on that. That will not lower anyone's property taxes. That will slow the growth uh, and ultimately uh, you know, make things inequitable, and that probably cause more problems. 
but saying that the homestead exemption is a, an increase in the homestead exemption by just thirty thousand dollars is going to provide better property tax relief than twelve billion dollars in compression is just dishonest. It's it's not true. The house's version right now with the the extra compression is better, but both of these are a smokescreen because the reality is, and what we've been saying for over a year, is property taxes are an infringement on private property rights. And we've been calling for the elimination of property taxes in the advance point, you know, what would be the best economic incentive for not only businesses, but people to move here to Texas? Well, that would be shrinking the size of government, you know, lowering regulation and lowering taxes or eliminating property taxes. Can you imagine if we were the only state that had no income tax and no property taxes. Yes, it is possible. We don't have a spending problem. We have a revenue problem. We demand the restoration of our private property rights. And right now, it seems as though we're just kind of content, or our, our legislative chambers are content with playing this minimum effective dose game. What's the least we can give taxpayers uh, to placate them and get ourselves reelected? Uh, but we have to demand more. Well, ultimately, I think when taxpayers realize this actually is a rights issue, uh, that the, when you when you pay your house off, you will pay rent to the government for the rest of your life, and so are your children, and so are your children's children. Uh, we're going to wake up and realize uh, that there is just better ways to fund government, and we honestly have plenty of money, and we have seen a lot of that money be wasted on broken programs, whether that's you know the, the border security issue or just pouring money on the dumpster fire that is public education. Um, we we need to have a serious conversation about better ways to fund government uh, and, and getting us on a path towards elimination of property taxes. Yeah, uh, I'd just say amen. <laughs> great, great points, Tim. And, you know, you're speaking of plenty of money, um, whenever you're looking at the total amount of revenue that's available and the amount of appropriations or even revenue last time, I mean, there's there's north of $60 billion that they really have available here. I mean, we talk about the $33 billion of surplus, but that's just for the current biennium, 2022-23. That's not including the additional revenue for 24-25. So, I mean, we're $60 billion, $70 billion. My good friend Bill Peacock has found, right? And so that has been working with us on this. And, I mean, there's a lot of money that's out there. And, by the way, there's another $27 billion they're expecting the rainy day fund. I mean, we're talking about almost $100 billion that's just floating around there of our taxpayer dollars that they want to spend versus providing relief. That's excess taxpayer dollars that have been collected that need to go back to the taxpayer. Where do you want more job creation, more economic growth and vitality? You want it in the productive private sector. That's where pro-growth policy happens, not within government. And so when President Trump, who is actually my former boss when I was the chief economist with the Office of Management and Budget, you know, he comes out with this $27 billion figure. I wish I would have been there as his chief economist still because I'd be like, this, this, this number makes no sense, sir. <laughs> because even if you add in the $9.8 billion and the $12 billion, you get the $21.8 billion. That's not $27. Um, I've been tweeting about it. And we've talked a little bit about it. I'm, I'm like, okay, $27 billion or bust. Maybe that should be the new marker because that would be about 90% of the surplus. I think it's closer to $29 billion. But, but, hey, I mean, these bills that have been out there floating around all session that they're not wanting to hear about – that they should have a, a hearing on in, in the Ways and Means or Incentive Finance or somewhere, local property tax, something, um, to talk about this 90% of surplus should go to property tax relief, the school district, MNO, 
property tax compression every session until it's eliminated. And that can happen really quickly. I mean, somewhere between the, the ballpark of three to, I don't know, 10 years, depending on how much spending restraint they have, there's plenty of opportunities here and they need to take advantage of it. So let's keep Let's keep pushing them because this is an important time. There's there's less than a month left to go. We've really got to put the pressure on them now. Those are those are all great points. I mean, it, it, you make the point, and it's absolutely true. When I first saw, right, the, the I'm not on Truth Social, so when I saw the the screen capture of the. Uh, the truth by the former President Trump, um, and I saw that number $27 billion, my first thought was, man, I wish it was $27 billion that they were <laughs> that they were purportedly getting back to us uh, in property tax relief. But as you just uh, just indicated, and of course the, the numbers don't seem to lie here, we're, we're not getting that. In fact, the bills that would provide for that sort of thing, uh, you made a great point, um, and I said the same thing on Twitter, the, the bills that would provide for that sort of thing are, are stuck in each chamber. They haven't even gotten public hearings, right? And so um, it's, 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 it's definitely ridiculous, but I agree with you that maybe the mantra should be $27 billion or bust <laughs> uh, moving forward. Yep. Um, let's, let's move on. We talked about, uh, you, you mentioned, right, that there's a focus by lawmakers to, 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 to spur economic development. Of course, as an organization, we maintain that the best economic development would be for government to get out of the way, right? So provide for an environment that's low regulation, low tax. They can do a ton of that this legislative session. But instead, at least on the House side right now, we've got this weird kind of focus on reviving corporate welfare in the form of House Bill 5. Uh, we've, of course, talked about this at Ignazium, but I wanted to update folks since last week when we talked about it on this uh, Twitter space to this week. We've added three additional authors, so that brings the total support for House Bill 5, the corporate welfare revival legislation, up to 79 total authors, which is three more than they would technically need to pass it outright with a full Texas House of Representatives. Uh, but I wanted to break that down. I think by my last check, that's 52 Republicans and 27 Democrats, despite it being, despite both of their platforms being opposed to corporate welfare. Did y'all want to add anything to that? Uh, before we move on? Yeah, I'll, I'll say that this is this, this session has been really disturbing and disheartening as far as what we've decided to, to focus on, right? I remember years back when Abbott was opposed to occupational licensing, but we've seen numerous new occupational licensing pop up, more regulation, we're expanding Medicaid, we, are, uh, we have multiple uh, bills that are dealing huge corporate welfare payouts to, to corporations. HB5 is one, but we also have one on the floor, I believe, today that takes money from the property tax uh, fund and gives to, I believe, uh, uh, entertainment or uh, music industry subsidy or, or corporate welfare. And so it seems like, yet again, we have this big pile of cash. And instead of giving it back to taxpayers, which, by the way, they all said they would, they are giving it to woke corporations and giving corporations welfare at the expense of taxpayers. It's a huge money grab by corporations and our politicians are straight up just ignoring the plight of taxpayers and the fact that many people are actually being pushed out of their homes because of high property taxes. Yeah, no, that's right. And the other thing too is, you know, whether it be chapter 313 last session, right, that, that expired in December, 2022. So they're trying to bring something back like it in HB5. 
and maybe there's some good things. They, they did add some stuff back, I think, after our pushing them to do so on some transparency items and some other things. There's more that needs to be done there. Um, but, but look, at the, at the end of the day, look, school districts aren't going to receive less funding if they give out these handouts, this corporate welfare to businesses, because our tax dollars from across the state go through the school finance formulas and still pay them the same amount per, per um, student that they were going to get anyway. So it's just a redistribution from all of us across the state, basically to one particular school district that can make this bad decision. I mean, it's ridiculous. This is not the role of free market capitalism to go in and picking out winners and losers. If if they acknowledge these 70, what do you say, 78, 79 people that have now said that our property tax system today is too burdensome for businesses, and so they need to give out these handouts so they can win votes along the way, instead, they should be saying, how do I lower the property tax burden for everyone? including businesses. And that is, again, why the compression is the gold standard of school and mineral property taxes, because homestead exemption increases only helps out homesteaders that have their primary residence. It doesn't help out businesses or renters. The appraisal caps, um, that could help out some businesses, but it only slows their growth that are already astronomical, uh, growth of property taxes that are already astronomically high. So the only way to do this, to have lower property tax bills to a path to elimination, is to compress the m school district property taxes. And look, you could raise the homestead exemption all the way to 100%, but that still only eliminates school m property taxes for homesteaders, does nothing for businesses and everywhere else. The, the key path to prosperity here in this case is the zeroing out the school m property tax rate, and that would eliminate nearly half the property tax burden in Texas, and that would help businesses in the process instead of picking winners and losers. So the House is set to convene at 1 p.m. today. The Senate convenes at 11 a.m. today. This is the first week, by the way, House Speaker Dade Phelan did announce that the House will be convening on Saturday. So there'll be the House and Senate, I believe, will be con convening all week. But the House is specifically coming in on Saturday this next week. Of course, we're coming up, as we talked about at the top of this uh, Twitter space, on some key deadlines. Um, and so I'll end this by saying, make sure, if you are not already, you're following us on all socials, to include not only here at Twitter, Texas underscore taxpayers, but on Facebook and Instagram, at Texas Taxpayers. You can find all the updates for everything we talked about today and what's going to happen both this week and going through the end of the legislative session at texastaxpayers.com. And then lastly, I will plug making sure you are subscribed to our vote notices and the fiscal note. You can do that at texastaxpayers.com slash subscribe. You can get, you know, every time we send out vote notices for bills, both to the public and to the st and to state lawmakers, you will get an email there. Make sure you're signed up for that at texastaxpayers.com slash subscribe appreciate y'all joining us this morning thanks for joining us this morning gentlemen y'all have a great week and we'll see you next week